Welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. My name is Tracy Angwin. In this conversation, I speak to Tony Vomero. Tony is the Global Payroll Manager at Telstra. He manages over 3,500 employees on their payroll over 21 countries. At the moment, Tony's in the middle of rolling out a 2020 payroll strategy, and we talk through that. He talks about moving to a single vendor from six and how he keeps his team on a mission of continuous uh, learning and improvement. Look, there are so many insights in uh, this conversation I have with Tony, so sit back and maybe get a pen and paper actually and enjoy this conversation with Tony Vomero. Tony Vomero, welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Tracy. It's great to have you. Now, I hate to be the one to tell you this, Tony, but based on your LinkedIn profile, you've been working in payroll for over 22 years. How did you get into the payroll industry? Yes, oh, well, it's, it seems so long ago. Um, 22 years probably across multiple functions in, in HR and finance. So when I go back to my schooling days, I did complete accounting once I finished my high school. Um, but the, probably the difficult part was... I didn't really enjoy the accounting part. So um, finishing my accounting qualifications, um, I was fortunate just to get a job in Crown Limited. So when the casino first opened, um, I was fortunate enough to work a a number of roles across um, the finance sector. So, you know, for around five years, I did work in in the bank of the casino, which was quite interesting because... Um, we did manage a lot of the financial transactions. It was a great opportunity to also be customer-facing, but also um, back a house. So I really loved the variety of role. But the nature of the shift work probably was the tiring aspect. So at that stage, it was um, probably five years into, into completing that role. I sort of had, a, had an opportunity just to reflect on, on what I wanted to do um, and really focus on what my key drivers is. And I loved the fact that um, working in a fast-paced environment, which obviously Crown enabled me to do that, I, I love you know the dealing with high-pressure deadlines, the problems, problem solving, and really, I, I really wanted to get um, exposure to HR systems and technology. So, um, building relationships with people and stakeholders is really important to me. Um, I've, I sort of see myself being pretty personable and. Um, an opportunity arose in, it was in finance because payroll at that stage, we're going through a bit of a restructure at the time um, and there was an availability in payroll. So I did ask a lot of questions. It did sit in finance at Crown at the time. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of the attributes of the role sort of suited where I was sort of wanted to expose myself um, in the future. So I've got the opportunity to, to, to sort of work in payroll. It was very different. Um, the fact that we, we did sit in finance, there was a lot of constraints around financial activity and um, reporting. Um, and going back to those sort of days, um, you know, probably technology, uh, I wouldn't say it was highly automated, but there was a lot of manual intervention required um, in those days. Sure. Um, but did have an opportunity to, to coordinate the payroll. We had a team of around five or six people managing around 5,000 employees, so it was quite a large population. So coordinating the payroll, obviously, you know, I was responsible for uploading timesheets and 
And those days um, were actually validating the payroll through hard copy pay registers and pay slips. So, you know, when I reflect on those sort of days, we've come a long way. Um, we certainly have. <laughs> we certainly have. Um, so at that stage, it was 11 years at Crown, so it was a really tough decision for me on what I really wanted to do. Um, I loved the people. I had, you know, strong relationships, strong friendships. I enjoyed working in payroll. Um, but I think it was an opportunity then to broaden my horizons and I was quite um, open to new opportunities. So yeah, right. I had the opportunity to, to join a, a service provider, ADP, um, back in 2006. So it was a long time ago. But really my ultimate um, objective was to learn a new global HR system and I know they used SAP at the time. Um, and a multi-country solution and delivery. Sure. Um, I think it's really interesting that um, you've gone from that operational experience, and I think that's so valuable when you're, you go from an operational role in an organisation to the pay office because you really understand the business. Yes. And I've, I've spoken to a few people who've taken that, that route into payroll, and it's just a really, um, you know, I, I, think, I think a really good way of, of uh almost fast-forwarding your payroll career in that organisation because you already understand, you know, the challenges of the, of the business and the demographic and things. I mean, you're, you're now responsible for one of the more interesting payrolls in Australian business, I think. I mean, t- tell me about the demographics of, of Telstra's payroll, you know, how many people you pay and what countries, you know, what's your payroll strategy, things like that. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've been at Telstra now for, for five years and people probably don't know that Telstra globally where uh, we have presence across 21 countries. So um, when I did join Telstra back in 2013, it was a great opportunity. You know, obviously leading into joining Telstra, a lot of my focus was on development, developing my um, my leadership breadth. There was a lot of things that I did leading into Telstra that I think have helped me get to the position that I'm today. You know, if I talk about, you know, undertook a lot of leadership type training and courses that were available. So I think, you know, when I reflect on um, the position today, I think I really optimised the tools and the training and the learnings that were available sure. um, to get to myself. Great advice to anyone yes, in the payroll. Um, yeah, so I think that was really important. So today we do have presence um, across 21 countries. I have a team um, based um, in, in obviously Australia. We have um, six consultants working here in Australia and I have a payroll manager and I have an Asia payroll manager based in Hong Kong. So we do look after Asia, 11 Asian countries. Um, so I have presence in Hong Kong, Philippines, Singapore and India. Um, then also we have obviously the US and UMEA and, and it is a combination of, of country HR and payroll in those sort of geographies. So when I think about um, working you know, across multiple geographies. I think it's really important for me when I took on the role was to be very clear on on my vision and, and my strategy. So I had an opportunity to develop a, a 2020 strategy, which we're sort of still working through at the moment. So my ultimate view mm-hmm. was um, was to manage a world-class empowering payroll function. And, and important to that point is... You know, we need to be creative, um, we need to be innovative and, importantly, very consistent in our delivery. And I think that's something that we've always got top of mind in, in everything we do. 
Probably the other point mm-hmm. is a positive employee experience. And I think that's regardless of whether we're getting serviced, where employees are getting serviced out of um, Hong Kong or, or the US. It, it needs to be a consistent um, and we need to have strong self-service and governance in, in that particular area. Probably the most important thing um, is employees are paid accurately on time. And I think... Yeah, sure. I think that sometimes, um, you know, you can think about all the other aspects, but, you know, obviously that's the most important. Yeah. So what is, I mean, globally, you know, rounding this to, you know, the nearest 10,000 if you have to, globally how many employees does Telstra have? So in Australia uh, we're sitting around the 32,000. So 32, so it's it's our biggest population um, sure. Telstra. Um, outside of Australia, uh, we have around three, three and a half thousand employees at the moment, um, and that's across um, twenty countries. Wow! So I mean, it's a big payroll. And in terms of you, you, you talked about how you've got your consultants and your payroll managers. What's the delivery strategy? You work, have you got an outsourcing partner? Is that how it works? Yes. Very interesting you ask because. You know, obviously part of my 2020 strategy at the time outside of Australia, we were using six different international vendors. Mm-hmm. So different payroll platforms, each had their own conditions, servicing, um, you know, different contracts, different complexities around um, governance, inconsistent SLAs, and, and, a, and a, a very different service relationship management delivery. So. I had an opportunity to, to, to look at our whole global strategy um, and part of that was ultimately to consolidate the six payroll vendors mm-hmm. to one. So I really wanted one global partner, um, one employee experience, a secure data transfer, transfer methodology, a consistent um, governance and compliance framework and really scalability. So opportunity for a, a one global vendor to be able to um, adapt to our growth mm-hmm. as, a, as an organisation. So if we did one day acquire an organisation that we weren't servicing at the time and they were able to, to, to be able to pick that up and be scalable very quickly. So we are in the midst of that at, at the moment. So, so, you, so you're currently working on that? That's not a completed project? No, 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 yeah, no. I was, was going to ask you. <laughs> no, we did, we did probably kick off um, around 12 to 18 months ago. So in, in collaboration with procurement, we mm-hmm. went to RFP for a vendor. You know, we wanted an integrated solution. They had to have interface API capability mm-hmm. with our HR systems. So we went through that whole RFP program of work, and I, I could probably talk about this in, in, in real detail, but... You know, ultimately, you know, we wanted, you know, strong product functionality. We wanted to be scalable, innovative, secure, and a strong implementation strategy. Yeah, and consistent across your 21 countries. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, okay. right. We are in phase one. So, you know, we sort of broke it up into, into two phases. So we're consolidating our six international vendors to one today. Mm-hmm. Um, so far... Um, we've gone live with 15 out of the 19 countries, um, and it's quite been quite aggressive. So we went, mm-hmm. we probably kicked off in January this year. Um, oh wow! Yes, and you're 15 already. Yep. Yeah, and it's yeah. August. Wow, it's September. So it's yes. September, cracking. Um, yeah. Are you still on the SAP platform? Is that the global platform that you're you're 
end up being on? Um, so in Australia, we are on the SAP platform. Um, for some of our, so the actual project um, for Australia was out of scope, and I, and I can explain because we are working on another sure. global project at the moment, Workday. So we are mm-hmm. um, in the middle of two really big projects here at Telstra, which are quite exciting, and it's it's great that obviously the organisation has an appetite to really invest in our HR systems to enable a, mm-hmm. a really strong sure. employee experience. So, um, yes, we do have the SAP um, infrastructure here for Australia. Um, with our new global partner, we'll have a SAP for four of the countries. However, because of a lot of, some of our countries are quite small, we, we are opting to use local sure. partners, but it's all managed through the one global partner. Yeah, great. I mean, that makes perfect sense. You know, you, otherwise you're ending up, you know, you're using a Ferrari yeah, just exactly to pop right. down and grab a yeah. you know, bottle of milk from time to time. Um, so phase two of our project um, is obviously once we go live with um, with Workday, we'll integrate from Workday into our payroll providers. So at the moment um, we are integrated with some of our countries, but um, we will ultimately integrate um, probably around July to December next year, hopefully. Wow, that is really an aggressive timetable for what you're doing. It's quite yes, extraordinary. indeed. So that's pretty much what you're working on now. There's no other projects that uh, you're, you're having to deal with. What about single-touch payroll? Is well, that, um, there are lots, how's that there are lots for you? of, and I think that's one of the complexities around, um, you know, compliance is being able to adapt. And, you know, when I talk about projects, we're constantly globally if, if it's not Australia. So if we talk about single-touch payroll, we are, um, I suppose, head deep into it like we are with a lot of other organisations. So, you know, obviously we're driven by uh, a payroll solution from our vendor. Um, so we're hoping to have a solution by October from what I'm hearing. Um, but there's a, So if I think about it, okay, and if cool. I just embark on, on our journey with STP, we've... Um, I've allocated a project manager and a, and some resources to it because there's a lot of preparation that I suppose that we can do in the meantime, um, to equip ourselves mm-hmm. to be ready when to when the solution's available. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a massive role that you've got. I mean, it's com- complex. It's it's global. There's big numbers in terms of you know costs and people and everything. W- what would you say your biggest challenges in your role? Challenges. <laughs> Um, we have, I suppose, lots of global challenges. And look, when I, when I think about challenges, I always think about opportunities. Um, I think, sure. I think, compl- um, obviously, compliance. Um, each country, as well as states and cities, they all have their own regulations um, governing, I suppose, payroll compliance. Um, and they're different. Um, the information that needs to be submitted needs to be different formats, um, timelines. If I use GDPR as an example, that was pretty big change. Um, it was a major sure. change on how we, we handle data. Um, so we needed to be equipped and have the right people that understood it um, in Europe so we mm-hmm. could, you know, obviously adhere to the data regulations. Mm, I would have almost thought that GDPR would be a bigger challenge for you than single-touch payroll. <laughs> it, it probably is because, you know, when we, when you think about GDPR, it, it's you know, it, it's about data, um, it's about data privacy. But importantly, mm. depending on your organisation, you really need to be um, aware of all the upstream, downstream sources and systems that they use. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, so when I think about compliance, it's, it's you know, I think it is always top of mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I think about benefits, um, administration of benefits, I think at Telstra we have around 145 benefit plans. Um, you know, some countries are more advanced than others in terms of administration and lodgement. Uh, and we still even have countries where we're making payments um, over the counter by check. Um, so I'm hoping wow. that some of these countries uh, are going to come to the party at some stage and, and, and really develop their online functionality. Mm-hmm. You know, and I even use the example, you know, for New Zealand in comparison to Australia, we are somewhat similar. However, you know, when you think about, you know, reporting, we report um, – you know, deductions and KiwiSaver twice a month and we're already um, submitting a monthly schedule monthly um, in New Zealand. So, you know, they're already on the very similar to the single-touch payroll journey. So we're, we're trying to learn a lot about how they report and how we can obviously optimise mm. um, uh, the technology available. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's really interesting. You've spent, I think, what was it, six years at, 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 at AEP and working on the on the vendor side, which, you know, is very different. I also come from a vendor background, so um, very different when you're on that side of the fence to when you're on the client side. Um, and now you've got, you know, you're obviously in a business now where technology is a key driver for, for payroll success. Um Tell me about what you sort of learnt and about your time working with a payroll vendor that really helps you now. Like if there was one or two things that you took from that experience that, that really um, help you now in, you know, the strategy that you're rolling out at Telstra, what would they be? When I did work as, as a service provider, I think partnership's probably the most important thing. I think even how we operate today, I think, you know, when I look at our global partners, they are an extension of our organisation. They need to be. They always need to be aligned to our strategy. Um, and it's really important that you're very transparent mm-hmm. with them um, so that, you know, when there are enhancements and there are better ways and best-in-class um, processes, when they are available, they're able to um, expose them and bring them to the table and talk about them. So when I think about when I was... Um, working as, as a parable provider, we were looking after, I think I was looking after 20 multinational organisations um, across many uh, Asia-Pac countries. So I think in terms of my ambitions, it was always to provide world-class service in re- regardless of what we are doing. So whether it was mm. uh, providing a, a payroll report or... Um, it's really trying to bring to the organisation true value. And and that's not only just around day-to-day processing, but how we can improve and innovate their current process to be more, you know, to be more global um, and to be more best-of-class system capability. Yeah, I reckon that's a that's a really interesting insight that you bring uh, in terms of um, you know that that vendor piece and uh, partnerships. You know, I see a, I talk to a lot of employers who have really quite dysfunctional relationships with their vendors for whatever reason, um, and it's generally because it wasn't set out as a partnership to start with. It was very much a you know a supplier conversation they had rather than a partnership. And I think particularly if you're using you know, outsourced, um, you know, payroll strategy, it's so important 
to have that partnership conversation and really feel like, you know, you're working, it, we're all humans, right? You're working with humans, you're not working with companies. So um, I think that's a really interesting insight that you bring to that. Yep, definitely. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there is a service that needs to be delivered. It's about um, what more that you can provide. Uh, yeah, right. And importantly, when you are making a, a change for a, a specific country, you, you always have to have that global mindset about if we're going to do this for Australia as an example, how would this impact another country? Um, yeah, right. I mean, I think you've you've probably got one of the more interesting jobs, I think, challenging, but sure, interesting, um, you know, working for such a, an, an organisation like Telstra and, 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 you know, what the things that we've talked about already. Tell me what you enjoy most about working in payroll. I, I love the relationship, um, the stakeholder management aspect um, of my job. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think the most important thing that I love about my job are my team. So my people, um, my team are probably the most important people. Um, for myself, they deliver a, an amazing job. They deal with a lot of pressure, a lot of demand from the business um, when I think about uh, a lot of the time, a lot of our stakeholders don't fully understand um, the work that we do, and I think that's really important. And, and what I make my team really as an opportunity to really broadcast our brand across the organisation, and and really educate the organisation on what they can do better to obviously ensure that you know the quality of data is correct. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, make you're not magicians in the pay no, office. No, it's not. And and obviously, um, you know, we we have some restrictions in terms of you know timelines that you know we partner with with our vendors. So, you know, I think sometimes our stakeholders are unaware that we have tight timeframes in terms of you know when data um, can be provided and when it can't and what is sure. what is recognised yep. as late data. Yeah, and like you say, just educating the business and the stakeholders and those things is sometimes all you need to do or enough to, you know, to deal with those problems. Exactly right. So, you know, the fact that, you know, we're constantly, you know, our relationships are not with just one part of the business. Obviously, we we have strong relationships, whether it's, whether it's Rem and Ben, um, whether, whether it's mm. with legal, yep. whether it's employer relations through EA bargaining. So, you know, what's really important for me is, is, is to – is to really broadcast our function across the business. Um, yeah, love it. And love not, that. And not um, be the last person or the last team to find out that this is actually happening. Um, and, and that's when we, we do face some challenges in the past around, you know, the true impact of the change and how it affects mm. our employees and their pay. Yep. I mean, we, we deal with um, just completely changing tack now. We deal with a, a lot of people who are new to the payroll industry, who want to have a career in payroll. Um, oftentimes where uh, people come back into, uh, uh, into um, a role after, you know, perhaps taking some time off for parental leave and they choose to um, retrain in payroll. I'm interested in what tips that you have, someone who's, you know, had a great career in payroll to date, and I'm sure there's plenty of, plenty of years left <laughs> in you, Tony. Um, I'm, I'm interested in what tips and, and advice that you might give someone who's fairly new to the payroll industry in terms of cementing their career in payroll. Oh, look, one of the things that was really important to me in my career was um, personal growth. So one of the things that 
was always important was um, upskilling myself in terms of where the direction I wanted to go. So obviously leadership was really important to me uh, in my early uh, stages of my career. So, you know, it was really making that investment in yourself. And it's very important even um, for my team, as an example, I think, you know, I make it really uh, a mandatory thing for my team to develop a, a, de- a development goal each year, um, and it's and it can be personal. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, and it doesn't need to be specifically to, uh, in relation to payroll specifically. It could be in terms of how can I um, develop my stakeholder management or how can I, you know, develop my project management capability. So, I, th- I think um, the role of payroll today. Has, has changed a lot. I think when I when I reflect back on the role from what it was uh, a long time ago, I think it was there was a lot of the focus on what data input was around payroll calculation, just dealing with payroll queries. I think today, um, you know, the focus has is, is, is changed a lot on advisory, strategic, relationship management, uh, project management, data interpretation is probably mm. really really important because. You know, we are governed by a lot of awards and contracts and, and different EBAs today. So, you know, I think someone coming into the industry, it, it's very different to what it was and it's extremely transferable. You know, the role of the, of the payroll professional today can vary from being a specialist to, to, to service delivery to implementation, even process improvement. Yep. Oh, I agree. And it should be. It should be all those things. And I love the. Um, I love that you. You know, focus on on development because you know the industry is really changing quickly. I mean, we have a diploma of payroll management, and people think that it's just the really hard stuff in payroll that you learn from that. But it's actually a management diploma. It just contextualised in payroll because once you, you know, once you've got all your functional expertise um you know we we also agree that the next step is actually leadership so um you know i i think a lot of people sure you you need to understand all the rules and regulations of payroll that's a ticket to the game but it's that real leadership capability and taking that message to the business which it you know you, you're just doing a, a a remarkable job of that at telstra clearly so um you know hats off to you and and what's important and i suppose what's important um, is you, you don't have to be a leader to provide leadership, and I think you can provide leadership with the way you communicate totally. to your stakeholders. Yep. You can provide leadership to upskilling um, another team in, a, in an aspect of tax, a, as an example. So depending on, on the organisation, um, one of the things that's really important to our team is obviously we have um, a service centre arrangement where employees can call um, the service centre to deal with queries. So a lot of our focus is on upskilling the team. So they're able to resolve um, queries in the first, first instance and not have to escalate accordingly. So Yep, love that. Hey, my last question to you, which I think is, you know, you've come so far in, you know, you've seen so much in, in the 20-something years you've been in payroll. I'm really interested in your view as to where is where is the future of payroll where is payroll going well it's it's a really really good question because um look i just touched upon around uh, i think payroll talent and and the profile of of payroll is is has really changed in terms of you know the the work that's actually required 
So I, I, I think obviously payroll talent is, is one. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that it, it is becoming strategic, it is becoming advisory, you know, that real relationship management aspect of the role is, is changing. And being that advisor for the business, um, I think the, the day where we'll just ask to make a payment has changed a lot because due to legislation and things like that, there are so many complexities around not just simply making a payment for the organisation. It's around, you know, the taxable components, you know, the superannuation, for example, in Mm -hmm. Australia can vary depending on whether it's OT or whether it's not. So, you know, I think that um, legislative um, advisory aspect uh, is really going to be more and more important. Um, I think innovation, um, and it's not just, we hear a lot about robotics, it's not just about, um, you know, automating process, but I think it's more around looking at what are those manual and repetitive activities that are time-consuming. And mm-hmm. when I think about innovation, it's an incremental improvement, right? It's, it's a cha- It could be just a simple change to a process or a template or just an improvement, Um to, to time or, or a product. So I think every day we are all contributing to innovation in one way or another because, you know, we are always looking for opportunities to improve. So ultimately, you know, if, we're, if we can automate uh, processes that are, are repetitive, it really gives um, the payroll team, you know, more opportunity to work on more value-add opportunities such as analytics um, strength and validation yeah, and reporting. That. It's something that's really important to us and really be able to be more available for the organisation to help them um, obviously improve uh, their process and obviously yeah. the financial um, aspects of the business because we do, you know, our roles are, are very important to finance. So, and, and probably the other point I'd probably like to make is, you know, it's just obviously new ways of working. We talk about being agile and lean. So it is a change of mindset. You know, we want to to make sure that, you know, we want to eliminate anything that we're not adding value to. It it is a frame of mind. Um, It's a new way of working where, you know, we get the right people in the right room really quickly to make a decision. Um, I think that's the sort of future, not only in payroll, but um, I think in HR and, and, and and operational growth is being able to, to really act quickly and um, have meaningful um, discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's, you know, if that's the future of payroll, I'm pretty happy to be working in this industry. You know, you've, you've, uh, you know, you've created a, a, that vision. Um, clearly, at Telstra, you're well on the way to delivering it. Um, with you know, with you, with the team that you've got and the partners that you have, and, and congratulations because it really is. It's a it's one of those things where you've just got to bite off more than you can chew, and then try not to choke. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you. I really appreciate you, your time, Tony. I know that you are. Um, we, we we tried to schedule this a couple of times, and you're you're a busy guy. So I really appreciate your time and your insights. I know that you know people listening to this will find an awful lot of value, and um, really, you know, really wanted to thank you for for being on Talking Payroll today. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me to join. Anytime. Thank you. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, 
please email them to us at podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, please let us know by emailing podcast at austpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next time I'm talking payroll.